And everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Awanichi, count to ten when you come into the straight, Paul Hamlin. You'll have a horse underneath you. And then we go back in the field. Jarhead goes through the centre. Back along the rails, ace play. Fab's Cowboy under the whip, Zukaz. Awanichi lets down in the centre of the track. Hamlin goes for it. Jarhead has rushed up along the rails. Zillator. Jarhead for Ilfracoma. Shot clear. Awanichi charging. Jarhead. Emma Bell wields a weapon. Jarhead gets up by length on Zillator. Cheer, Rodney Little. You're going to Brisbane. Awanichi into third. And then we drop back along the rails. Yes, Jarhead qualifying for the 2022 Battle of the Bush in the Longridge qualifier on the weekend for Emma Bell and Rodney Little and even some riding instructions there from the race caller for the uh, jockey aboard Awanichi. Uh, just uh, hold on there, Paul Hamlin, and you'll have a horse uh, right under you when you get in the straight. It was a great finish there. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. We have the long-reach details to check out from that Battle of the Bush qualifier on Saturday. We also had a Battle of the Bush qualifier at Mount Isa, but unfortunately, the uh, rain took care of the one at Burren Down. That's now being rescheduled to Saturday at Bundaberg. We've also got news coming out of the Gordon Vale and Gundawindi meetings on the weekend, plus the Oakley Amateurs, and also news on what's happening with race meetings this coming week. Weekend. We've just received an update from Racing Queensland with what the plans are at this stage. So plenty to get through on the show. And as always, joining us with plenty of news is Rob Luck. Morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. And uh, look, we're in a position out here at the moment, Tony, where there's lovely soaking rain started about 10 o'clock last night. And it's just increased in intensity a little bit. But boy, oh boy, it's certainly adding to the area with some blanket coverage and uh, some very happy faces around, Tony, in this district. Can I just uh, dive in here with what's just come through from Cole Truscott of Racing Queensland? With rain falling across across the state this week on top of the previous recorded falls, they've put out an update for the non-tab meetings to be conducted on Saturday. Now, Bundaberg received 20 mils of rain in the past few days. There is rain forecast for the remainder of the week. They will have a track inspection later in the week for the uh, the meeting at Bundaberg on Saturday that will feature now a uh, Battle of the Bush qualifier as well as the next heat of the Burn It to the Beach series. Ewenden on Saturday has been transferred to Mount Isa following 40 millimetres of rain overnight due to the state of the track. That Ewenden meeting will now be transferred to Mount Isa and nominations for that Mount Isa meeting now close at 11am tomorrow, Wednesday the 11th. Jandowie on Saturday following 10 millimetres of rain overnight. There's a track inspection today at 1 o'clock. Uh, rain is forecast until Thursday. Mariba, uh, one millimetre of rain overnight, but rain and thunderstorms are forecast both today and tomorrow. So they'll keep a, a watch on things there and do a track inspection later in the week because they also have a Battle of the Bush qualifier at Mariba on the weekend. Uh, Quilpie has been rescheduled to Sunday, May 29, following 20, 20 millimetres of rain overnight. The meeting this Saturday has been abandoned, but that meeting has been rescheduled. And uh, this is the uh, Battle of the Bush qualifier and they lost their meeting a couple of weeks ago due to the wet. So meeting rescheduled to Sunday, May 29, with the same program. And then for Sunday, Longreach Jockey Club. I can tell you that the official re- recording here, Rob, and I'm not sure what's fallen in your rain gauge there in Barker Lane, uh, but 15 millimetres of rain overnight and a track inspection 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon with rain forecast until Thursday. There is the option of transferring to Bar Calden if Bar Calden will be suitable to race on Sunday. That's the latest update from uh, Cole Truscott.
Yeah, you're pretty close with that rain measurement, and it's probably increased another 10 or so uh, since that. And I think that track inspection might have been brought forward to 1 o'clock here for Longreach, and uh, Bar Calden is ready to go if it is available on the Sunday. So hopefully maintaining the racing out here, Tony. But it's going to be interesting, isn't it, because there's so many Battle of the Bush qualifiers involved in this. And um, it's going to be interesting just what racing... But we have been known next Tuesday, if we run out of race meetings to talk about, we've been known to uh, get through <laughs> the show and still have uh, plenty of coverage, don't we? Oh, yes, yeah. Won't worry us on Bushby. Just worry us uh, whether we can have any races coming up this weekend. Let's look back at the Longreach program on Saturday. Emma Bell and Rodney Little combining with a double. Purple trumpets uh, at the end of the day. But I guess it was all about Jarhead. It certainly was, and uh, Rodney Little, Amabel, great combination. I mean, Emma rides regularly for the Little Stable, and uh, I know, look, this, this is a real tonic for Rod Little because uh, he's been battling a bit of illness, a bit of leg injury himself and minor operations, and uh, I was speaking to him on Friday, and he just felt Jarhead may have been a fraction short with all the wet weather in terms of being able to get the training done. And as you heard in the call, yeah, Arwenichi's an interesting runner because I can always remember Raymond Williams telling me at Bar Calden uh, one time before a Battle of the Bush heat that um, he really wants jockeys to count to 10 before they let him go because he has a short, sharp sprint. And uh, he certainly would benefit from the run because he loomed up as though he was ready to drop on them. But Jarhead, Emmabel was out the back on the field. Uh, she had missed, or the, the horse had reared at the start and, and missed the start. And she settled in beautifully at the tail of the field. And they all moved off the fence as they came into the straight. And it just opened up beautifully. And she drove it through Jarhead. And uh, he's an up-and-coming horse. And he showed it with the run at Barcaldon last start that he was on the way back with a strong finishing fourth. And poor old Zillator, look, he regularly places in these um, qualifiers. And he's been to Brisbane before. And Arwenichi, of course, has. So the standard is there with this particular heat. And Rod Little, no stranger to going down there, Tony. He's had Kaka Kenny make a Battle of the Bush final. He's had Boingo as a first emergency. Um, so he's no stranger uh, to uh, actually getting there. And uh, it, this has been going on since 2018. I think Rod's made the trip down. So Ilfracombe, a town 27 kilometres um, east of Longreach, small population. Boy Forster and Rod Little, the key trainers there, and what a record they've got between the two of them. There's representation galore in the uh, Battle of the Bush and the Country Cups. Um, but it didn't stop there for the pair because they wrapped up the meeting with Purple Trumpet. And interestingly, of my breeding statistics, Tony, as I love to do, Warhead, um, both winners, uh, had a six-year-old gelding and uh, Purple Trumpet, a five-year-old mare. And she won here at the last meeting that got washed out. And uh, interestingly, Bound to Me was the runner-up that day and again for Raymond Williams and Paul Hamlin. Uh, the runner-up again with Hallelujah into third. So congratulations, Rod Little and Emma Bell. Um, I know Emma's no stranger to going down to Brisbane and riding uh, Boingo. Uh, I think she'll be putting her hand up and hoping for the ride on Jarhead. And he'll be a worthy contender with win number seven from 45. Now, it was a five-event program on the day. Gypsy Biker dropping back from open company. And uh, for Dave Rewall, trained and ridden, caused the upset. The, the outsider in the small field defeating his stablemate. No refund. And Wicked Wench not quite seeing out the 1,600 at the first attempt. And that was our patron, Kate Dean's um, race, the Class 6 plate. And then uh, Patrick O'Toole and Rick McMahon had God's Penny, a somewhat of a, maybe a surprise winner. He'd been a bit out of form, but swept up from the back of the field at the top of the straight, defeated no innuendo and informer. 
And uh, Ross Tilly uh, won for Mark Oates on another tosser, a Whittington four-year-old gelding that had a great uh, run at Bark Alden last week and too strong for Cabors that loomed up to win and just um, they both shifted out on the track a bit and another tosser was able to get the best of Cabors and win by half a length with Night in Paradise in third place. And I think I heard Julie Egling mentioned at the end of this race that Ross Tilly, I think his first winner riding way, way back when was in her colours. So again, in her colours with another tosser. But the day belonged to Jarhead, Rod Little and Emma Bell, Tony. Yeah, it was uh, lovely to see uh, the the, uh, the results come through there. And as you say, for a little town like Elfricombe, talk about batting out of your crease or punching above your, your weight limit, doing a wonderful job there between uh, Boy Foster and Rod Little. And don't be surprised if Boy Foster is uh, going to have a, a representative. I know Zukaz was in the field on the weekend, got uh, well back in the field and, and battled on OK, but don't be surprised that they'll have two representatives, as they often do, going to the final. We'll come back and talk more Battle of the Bush uh, news shortly as we have to have a look at the Mount Isa heat from the weekend. Also news coming out of the uh, the Gundawindi program on the weekend. But right now, Rob, we're going to uh, have a focus on what happened in North Queensland on Saturday. And it was the latest leg of the uh, Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial up-and-coming stayer series. As they go down the hill, they've got about 440 metres to travel. Coaster Boy just, uh, just uh, increases the pace a little bit now. Love flies. Romeo's off the fence. Cradley Semo is following it through. Lacey Morrison as they straighten up. And the race is on in earth. Coastal Boy trying to get the gap between them. Cradley Semo. It closes and going through the lead now is the Love Flies on the outside. Storming home for the Matani. Love Flies going up for the lead. Coastal Boy. I'm not sure our next guest, Rob, would actually like to hear that uh, race replayed again because he had the runner-up that only just missed out. Peter Rowe is joining us to look back at what happened at Gordon Vale on Saturday and also uh, some sad news. As Pete, you joined us this morning. It was very sad to hear that we lost Clive Gordon over the weekend. Yeah, morning, Rob. Morning, Tony. It was... Um not the end to the weekend the racing people in the north would have uh, enjoyed, but it was, um, yeah, devastating news. Clive epitomises racing in North Queensland, and it's, he's going to be very, very sorely missed. There was a lovely tribute went up on the Racing Queensland website that uh, Trent Nakers wrote, I think. And uh, one thing that I didn't realise there, and I, I had the pleasure of meeting Clive and working alongside him at a few of the uh, the Cairns programs that I've been at, uh, he was a life member. I was awarded honorary life membership of not just race clubs but show societies around the north as well. He really was a living legend. He was. He um, he was the voice of the Cairns show for many years and um, race tracks all across North Queensland, like Mount Garnet, Cooktown, Gordonvale, Cairns. He he loved doing the mounting yard previews and he was a clerk of the scales for many many years. He was a race caller. So I read for the first time and knowing Clive nearly my whole life, he was a steward at one stage. Um, but he he was the most... He he is what a gentleman is. He was the nicest person. I've never heard him have a bad word for anybody. He was very professional when he needed to be. Loved a good laugh. Um, he was a very, very nice man. And it, yeah, racing's not going to be the same. Yeah, good morning to you, Peter. Rob here. And uh, 
Yeah, as, you, as you're saying there, it was uh, great to see the article on uh, Race Queensland that uh, Jordan Gerrans has, has put together. Oh, I didn't realise 10 life memberships, uh, that's an absolute uh, unbelievable achievement. But to me, he stood out as a real pioneer, didn't he? Because the race calling went back to starting at Mareeba in 1978. And, and look, in many areas, um, we're still developing the ability to have people who go in and, and do the... Um, the master of ceremonies, the interviewing of jockeys. And Clive's been doing this for so long. Uh, he was a real pioneer to me uh, when you look back at the career and, and places like Mount Garnet just wouldn't be the same now uh, without Clive Gordon. No, well, you're right. I, it only springs to mind now that, you know, we knew Clive was very unwell, but you didn't think that he wasn't going to be there and he wasn't at Garnet this year because he was so unwell and it wasn't the same atmosphere like he... He knows the ins and outs of every rider, every trainer. He, he obviously does did his form in you, the horses. He was the voice of Far North Queensland. And I know the, the Cooktown Jockey Club, Bob the Turf Club up there, they named the Mounting Yard in honour of Clive. And I think that'll be a, a very sad meeting this year because he won't be there in the Mounting Yard to, to tell us who's who's there. And, you know, when Frankie Edwards had his first ride and, like, he, he, he knew everything about everybody, Clive, and yeah, he... As I said, it, it's going to be a really, really sad time, especially the next Cairns meeting. I know it'll be held in honour of Clive, and you know, it's every, everyone's time comes to an end, but not in, until it does that you really realise how valuable people are to the racing game. Yeah, well said, and we certainly extend our condolences to uh, to Clive's family, and uh, there'll be more news to follow there for sure. And thank you, Rob, for. Uh, picking me up there, I think I credited, uh, credited uh, Trent for writing that story, but you're right, Jordan Guerin's credit where credit is due. It's a lovely uh, write-up that uh, Jordan has put together on uh, the true gentleman of Far North Queensland Racing. At the races on the weekend, Pete, as I said, uh, you probably didn't want us to play Love Flies winning the up-and-coming stays uh, heat, beating Coastal Boy. I thought you had it there in the straight. Yeah, credit where credit's due. Kristen's prepared this uh, week in, week out, and she's a really honest stayer. Um, I was happy to run second, but um, in all honesty, I think Craig Lee Simo was the one to black book out of that. He should have won, hands down. Um, protest against the second and the first horse, which was interestingly dismissed. Um, I was happy to beat that, don't, don't get me wrong. But um, and, and Love Flies, I think she, that puts her on top of the series now. Her and Craig Lee Simo have had, uh, I think Love Flies had two placings and a win, and Craig Lee Simo's had a win and a placing now. So. Um, there on top of the leaderboard and it was a really small field but a really hotly contested race and I thought we had it too. So don't worry half up the straight. I thought no, he's going to kick and get get home here but I think the, the difference of the four and a half kilos told in the last couple of strides. Yeah, it was a reversal from the previous week, wasn't it, Pete? Love Flies and um, Craig Lee Simo? Yeah, in Gar- now Garnet, Craig Lee Simo got the better of Love Flies and all things equal, I think he probably would have mm. on the weekend too but... You know, the results there, Kristen takes the lead in the leaderboard and, as I said, that mare loves fly. She's racing extremely well and when a man's in form, you know, you know to be on and I think she'll, moving forward in the, in the series, I think she'll be a force to reckon with as the races get longer. We've got five more legs to come in the uh, up-and-coming Stayers series. Three legs down and five to go and, as you say, love flies with seven points leading at the moment ahead of Craig Lee Simo on four. Then we go back to uh, light em up Jerry on three points. As far as the... Uh, uh, jockeys are concerned. Uh, we're looking at uh, Pietro Romeo with uh, six points. It always adds up when you can ride some places as well, Pietro, but I think he's going to be out of action for a little while. I don't think he had a happy time at Gordon Vale with the stewards from what I was reading. 
Uh, so it's Pietro on six and then sharing three points apiece, Amanda Thompson and Stephen Wilson. Uh, and then behind those two, Frankie Edwards and Jenna Edwards on two points each. And as far as the uh, trainers go, uh, as you say, uh, Kristen's way out in front at the moment with seven points. And uh, then we drop back to uh, your dad, Trevor, on four. Then uh, Alex Maloff sitting on three points. But still a long way to go and a lot of points to come through the up-and-coming Stayer Series for 2022. Yeah, and Peter, um, talking of dad, Trevor, uh, and Lacey Morrison, of course, look at the way the program kicked off. Of course, dad preparing a winner with a horse that's come back into the stable and Lacey on board and uh, Lacey getting the race-to-race double to open proceedings. Yeah, Sunshine, she's back up in the north. Um, We had her for a brief campaign and then sent her down south and things can go to plan down there, but she's back and I think you'll find her knocking up a few wins. She was far too good for him on Saturday. Ridden like the best horse in the race, Lacey just took it to the front, took everything out of the equation and, yeah, one by two lengths untouched. He's called Charlie, run a much better race back at the non-tabs. He's, I think he's a horse that once blown around and can get it to break through. He'll go go on and win a couple and Shadow Royale was much happier with her performance and um, getting him with 52 kilos. I tell you what, we've got some pretty handy apprentices up here now. Kelsey Lenton with the four kilos. Jenna Edwards has got the three kilo claim. Cody Collis has just moved up to Townsville, so... There's no shortage of apprentices in the far north, and I took advantage of that with Kelsey's four kilos off, and I think that helped with um, Shadow Royal running third. And then, yeah, the cutest money, Lacey backed it up into race two. Um, the cutest money went off with proper tests for Charlie Hoffman, and again, short price favourite, ridden accordingly. Um, got there the nod of over Captivated, who's in good form. And, you know, two, two seconds in a row fit, and Rose of Athens, there's a horse to have a look at. I think it raced over. 1700 or 1680 at Ghana last week, back to the 1100 today oh, on Saturday, just gone, and, and still fills a minor placing. So it was a good effort by Scotty Cooper. Yeah, Pietro Romeo, of course, uh, had that win on Love Flies, but he also got the uh, the double with the win on Owned Up. And uh, I know you're going to tell us about Ricky Ludwig and Magnate because uh, you did the same at Mount Garnet last week when it uh, got up there. Yeah, Owned Up, Liliana, she was cheering from the 600 metre mark home. And, you know, Lil's got quite a few horses, and when she gets a winner, it's, it's fantastic to see her and Mark were very excited in the yard. It was a good win. Um, right Bowel was a really good runner. The favourite, he got right out of his ground and, and made good ground late, and Jack, Jack, Jackie filled third placings. And then, yeah, Magnate makes it two in a row this time in. And controversially, I think, we've got the nod over a female officer by point one of a length, and the local horse Volpies was in third, but there was a long protest went on after race four, and... Interestingly, it was against the whip rule, which you don't see too often, but, um, yeah, the decision was made, albeit to not the happiness of a lot of people, but it held on by point one of a length. Yeah, that written tycoon, um, five wins now from 32. So the meeting ended with two uh, protests in a row. It did, yeah, and, you know, the last race we were were there waiting and waiting and waiting for the saddles, and I think we had five minutes to get down, put the saddles on and get them back into the yard, but... Um, both dismissed, both very controversial. And, you know, Lacey Morrison's a very experienced rider and, and she wouldn't have protested if she didn't think there was grounds there. And she was on the losing end, unfortunately, of both protests. But, yeah, it, yeah the results are there. You can't change them now. But regardless, Magnate, 62 kilos was, was a good effort. I often say this tongue-in-cheek, uh, and don't take it the wrong way, Lacey, but I often think she's got an unfair advantage having sat on the other side of the desk, <laughs> having, having been on the stewards' panels previously. But then again, yeah, you see some of the, the jockeys, they're like Queen's Council when they get into some of these stewards' hearings. I tell you, I would love to have been in there to listen to Lacey against Frank Edwards because I've been in the room with both. 
Um, they're both very good speakers, but I tell you what, gee, Frankie uses some words in those stewards' inquiries that confuse me. So I, I think it would have been a fantastic, um, if, for a, maybe even an apprentice or somebody to sit in and listen <laughs> to Lacey versus Frankie, it would have been, it would have been a good experience. What are the odds of Cairns going ahead on uh, Thursday, Peter? Oh, uh, look, it's if we get a day of drying weather, it'll be fine. Um, it's drizzly here at the moment. They've put it up at the heavy 10. But fingers crossed, if we don't race Tuesday, look, there's, I found it very interesting to see on the Racing Queensland Twitter and Facebook page that there was talk between Brisbane Turf Club and Racing Queensland about the predicted rain for the 10,000 on the weekend and possibly, you know, having a contingency plan in place. I would love for them to do that for North Queensland as well because, you know, we get severe weather year in, year out, and here we are two days out not knowing what's going on. So uh, hopefully somebody's listening and we can get some plans in place to, you know, put plan Bs in for, for the North Queensland region as well because if we miss another meeting, that's yeah, it's not, not good news for the North and clients and owners and participants up here. But we'll see what happens the next day, if not, you know, there's talk of potentially possibly racing on Sunday or Monday. Like, we've got a race. There's horses and, and participants up here that, that need the opportunity to. So hopefully Racing Queensland doesn't forget the north and puts in a contingency plan for uh, wet weather up here as well. I think uh, one of the other bonuses now that we've had quite a few tab meetings at places like Mariba and Innisfail, that does open up a few other options that we may not have had a couple of years ago. Absolutely. And, you know, after last weekend, Mount Garner could quite easily host a big... Mm. Big event like like we just had like their track race superb up there and they're only a couple of hours from Cairns and a couple of hours from Townsville and um, they don't seem to get the weather we do that's just enough in land that they don't get the heavy rain so but in saying that if we get a fine day tomorrow the track up here it drains really well it'll be a heavy track don't get me wrong but it'll be safe enough for racing so it's just up to Mother Nature to see what she does in the next couple of days. All right, well, we'll see uh, what uh, the weather unfolds over the coming couple of days and uh, fingers crossed that uh, we can get onto the track there at uh, Cairns on Thursday and uh, Mariba for their Battle of the Bush qualifying meeting coming up on Saturday. Good on you, Pete. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, folks. There's Peter Rowe having a look uh, back at what happened at Gordonvale on the weekend. Uh, Rob, we're going to revisit the Battle of the Bush now and look back at what happened at Mount Isa on Saturday. Behind the stockyards, 4.50 to go. Wicked Wicky's got about seven lengths clear of all about me and here comes Raiden. There go, coming after the leader. Wicked Wicky in front. Raiden and all about me closing the gap. Craig Lee Eltona and Safty behind him. Wicked Wicky comes behind but here comes Raiden and all about me. Raiden, Raiden is coming down the outside. Wicked Wicky holding on but Raiden big strides going past him. Raiden has come and Raiden it all right. Got home, great ride again from Jay Doolan for there, Raiden wins it from Wicked Wicky, next was all about me then came... Yes, the uh, Battle of the Bush qualifier at Mount Isa on Saturday going to uh, Jay Doolan and John Manselman with Raiden, it was a double on the day Rob for Jade, uh, John had a treble not only Raiden but also just Frank and Mashani Rebel. Yeah, travelling all the way out there to Mount Isa and targeting the uh, qualifier with Raiden. And uh, I saw this, I, I watched this race in replay and uh, and Jade's comments that she had to go to Plan B, squeezed out at the start. And look, she was, uh, have to be something like 10 to 12 lengths off Wicked Wiki at one point. 
and just rounded him up with um, utter ease and uh, went right away to win by four and a half from... He's a grand performer, Wicked Wicky. has a great record at the track and all about me third, as we heard in the call. But Raiden, he's been to two country uh, stampedes. Uh, he finished second last year. Uh, la- sorry, two, 2020 finished second, fifth last year. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, he competed in, um, I'm sure, the first Battle of the Bush or one of the Battle of the Bushes, but uh, finished midfield. He, and he's never drawn well, by the way, when he's gone there. So he's off to Brisbane. Um, and I think, Tony, we're going to see that you're going to get some of these proven horses that have been there before, and then you're going to get the jarheads, the ones coming through. Uh, and, and you're going to get this combination again of a couple that have had the experience and newcomers, if you like, on the block. And that, of course, will change as horses age. But congratulations to uh, Johnny Mansman and Jay Doolan. Of course, Jay Doolan uh, riding in peak form uh, down to three kilo claiming apprentice. And they won with Mashani Rebel in the first over Power Station and Watts Wong. And uh, since February, this gallop has had two wins, three placings its last five runs and has been to Birdsville, been to Mount Garnet, been to Mount Isa, travelling well, Mashani Rebel. You mentioned John getting uh, three winners. Well, just Frank for Shay Nilsson. This is Shay's second winning ride. And this is a homebred horse, the first of the Bell Defies, a three-year-old now, and first Bell Defy to um, greet the winner's stall. Been at the Provincials at its only prior run, so the odds were a little... That's never a good sound when it then sounds like it's dropping out. Hopefully I'm still there, Tony. No, I got you back. Yes, it's come back. It just buffered a little bit. Are you there, Tony? Yes, got you. Oh, right, yeah. They should know not to ring between 10.30 and 11.15, shouldn't they, Bonnie? <laughs> You'd imagine they should. <laughs> anyway, just Frank, John Mansman Quinella took the cutest money, uh, first and second with Midnight Boom, Jay Doolan riding that, and Mayari into third place for um, Kenya Parry. Uh, and the other two races on the program, uh, the Class B handicap under the spotlight for Jay Morris uh, and Jason Hoopert, uh, the five-year-old Golding by Nakoni having its fourth run for the stable defeated Gigastar and Riverside Blues. And then finally on the program, Jay had a double on the day. And this Kato for Jeff Felix. Now, Jeff Felix is travelling so well, not only across the state, but he's also travelling pretty well in, in terms of jockey's uh, premiership. Have Saddle will go everywhere. He's up to 31 wins now. Rick McMahon on 37, Brooke Richardson on 29. But Cato... Uh, it's a Statue of Liberty. He's won his last two. Five from 32 defeated the John Mansum and trained in a uh, long neck photo, I suppose it was. Keep on loving you and rock star dreams. So we've got two uh, campaigners already on the trail to Brisbane in Jarhead and Raiden. And, of course, you mentioned at the top of the show the Burren Down one moved to Bundaberg. And Burren Down only had that one uh, race go through. Kalia for Leonard Morn and Morgan Butler defeating Rapid Eagle and True Telly. But... Uh, hopefully we'll get through those Battle of the Bush qualifiers uh, on the weekend and uh, we'll continue to see the field emerge, Tony. Yeah, we've got, uh, as we said, the uh, Burren Down one transferred to Bundaberg on Saturday. Quilby meeting rescheduled to May 29. Uh, Jan Dowie and Mariba are the other two legs that are scheduled this coming weekend. That uh, other meeting, Rob Hewenden, was going to feature the uh, next heat of the Outback Racing Showcase and that will, of course, transfer now to Mount Isa. And I know you love uh, keeping up with the tally of the points. Uh, thank you to Racing yes. Queensland for posting that on their website because it saves me having to do my math and take off my shoes and socks to use fingers and toes. At this stage, the two winners uh, out of Bar called an Echo Point and out of Mad Eyes are loud enough lead with 10 points apiece. 
eight points each then to the runners-up in Fylave and Rebel Salute. We've still got uh, five legs to go as we roll through Hewenden, Aramac, Tambo, Mount Isa and Longreach wraps it up on the 4th of June. But at this stage, the, uh, the heat winners there uh, are uh, Echo Point and Loud Enough. And that third heat, the Hewenden heat, will uh, then uh, happen this weekend again at Mount Isa. Uh, we'll uh, check in on the Gundawindi news very soon. What else do we have to check out of Saturday? Well, I mentioned the jockey's premiership, that trainer's premiership, by the way. Um, it's really heating up. Toddy Austin has a slender lead of uh, 40 points over 10, or 40 winners over tenure. Parry at 39, Billy Johnson 34, and John Manzeman with 21. I like following this as you see the uh, movement of jockeys and trainers. We mentioned uh, Johnny Mansman and Jay Doolan going to Mount Isa. I know Jay Doolan was headed to Hewenden, so possibly the team will be there again at Mount Isa. And uh, Jade was moving down to ride at Longreach on Sunday and it'll either hopefully be Longreach or uh, Bark Calden um, but I didn't have too much else except it was great to see the archer uh, on the weekend as well and the timing of it on the day Tony to get that uh, TAB turnover I imagine uh, and oh so close for um, Apache Chase but uh, great for Queensland racing with Rob Heathcote and Desley Forster uh, getting the Quinella and repelling the interstate Invaders, but it just just added such a um, an atmosphere on tracks when you were at the races. People wanting to watch the archer, and uh, you know this is like what the Battle of the Bush is about, isn't it? You know you get the focus back on those country tracks where people are following these horses right through to the final. I, congratulations, Rocky Jockey Club! It was great to see. Just unfortunate I didn't see the full story, Ash Butler, but I I believe he was badly injured in a king hit situation um, after that. So we wish Ashley well in recovery but uh, time the run to the minute right on the line to pick up the win over Apache Chase. Yeah, it was great to see and uh, a great call by Russell Leonard as well. You're right, uh, well done to the uh, the Central Queensland amateurs there with the Rocky Amateurs on the weekend with uh, the other uh, program there with the Archer and, uh, yeah, unfortunate to hear what happened to Ash and great coverage there from Steve this morning as well. Uh, Oakley Amateurs had their two-day picnic carnival on Friday and Saturday. Rob Friday, uh, Amanda Davis and John Waring stole the show with uh, four wins between them. Uh, with Stylish Sun, Ice Melody, Zaha Dream and Excel with Reward. Ice Melody taking out the 1,400-metre ladies' bracelet and Stylish Sun taking out the 800-metre ladies' bangle. And then on Saturday, the uh, Kurarinya Cup, well, it was Mandarin, John to the fore again, Ice Melody backing up and winning that 1,600-metre event. The President's Gift, however, went to Craigley Altice for Mark Oates and Annetta Robertson. This will be the only time of the year that Mark Oates actually gets up on a horse, isn't it? Or does he, does he still ride his own work at Longridge? Craigley Altice, by the way, I think that's a f on the Friday uh, was beaten, and I'm pretty sure that's the first time in its picnic career that it actually um, had had a loss, but it's bounced back for that win. And Mark, yeah, he was he was back in the saddle. He, he went back there last year for the first time, back in the saddle. And uh, congratulations um, also to the new connections of a winner, Papilio, that um, won on both. Uh, both days and um, Sam and Ange Nisbet uh, they were able to pick up this particular mare and uh, it's a better than ready and it's had two wins in a row at, at the picnics Tony Yeah it was one of David Owen's double there on the Saturday meeting Papiola along with Surrender and John Dagan and Robin Brown combining for a double with uh, Hostile Lillian Diamond Racer on the Saturday as well wonderful to, to hear about these kind of picnic meetings there's only a handful of them left rolling around now and I think that uh, the Oakley Amateurs might be the last of the grass feds 
I could be wrong in saying yeah, well, that. Tower Hill didn't race this year, um, but hopefully it's still there. It's Tower Hill and, uh, and Oakley or Corinna mm-hmm. um, are the only two that I'm aware of. So um, it's great to see. And look, they just get such a fantastic turnout of young people enjoying themselves. And the Queensland Country Life has uh, the usual coverage of great photos of people who were there and can remember every single thing about the weekend. <laughs> That's why they put the photos in the QCL to make sure that they can then see what they're up to and who they were with on the weekend. Let's go I back love to the fact. I love the fact that you can go through and you see horses that you've been calling in the area, you know, Zaha Dream used to be with Boy Foster and so on. And, uh, you know, they've got a future with the picnics. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's great to see and wonderful to be able to uh, have those kind of events still happening post-COVID and uh, after all we've been through over the last couple of years. Let's go to uh, what happened at Gundawindi on the weekend. It was the Shannon Apthorpe show. Down towards the home turn. He's gone for home here on the tenner. He's out by two and a half lengths. Fairfella sitting quite... Quietly now pops off the fence to issue its challenge, but the tenor's going strongly inside the 200. They've broken right away from hard stride. It's still the tenor in front. Fairfellas trying hard on the outside. He's coming late, but the tenor's going strongly. And that mid-race move by Yapthorpe gets the tenor home. Second home was Fairfellas and Maslow up for third. Followed then. Shannon Upthorpe winning the uh, 40, uh, the rather the 1,000 metre open there on the tenor for John Dan on Saturday as we welcome Brett Moody to the show this morning. Morning, Brett. It was the Shannon Apthorpe show with a treble there on the weekend. Yes, and uh, yeah, Tony. Good morning to you. Good morning to uh, Rob and uh, everybody. Yes, uh, Shannon. Uh, of course, uh, great to see him back in the saddle. He contemplated giving the game away after a few uh, setbacks uh, recently. Uh, it was his. Uh, he had one winner back, and of course, he rode a winning treble. When I was doing the stats for the meeting, I actually um, was quite surprised that he would he'd ridden. Uh, uh, over 40 winners uh, at uh, Gunsin Park, and he's the only one that I can recall, apart from Danny Fram, uh, that has ridden that many winners at uh, Gunsin Park, and his experience was certainly to the fore. And it was pretty apt that uh, one of the races there was the remembering Danny Fram handicap, the first meeting uh, that the club had had since uh, Danny's passing. And of course, uh, he was. Uh, an integral part and based at the Gun, Gun the Windy uh, for quite some time. So, um, yeah, Shannon Apthorpe, uh, and he uh, produced a, a brilliant bit of riding on uh, the tenor. I was speaking to him after the race. He didn't really have a pre-race plan because he thought the speed would be on and he just slot in behind them. The horse was coming off a Flinton Cup run, which was over 1,200 metres, but the form was there because Brian Eats ran fourth in the uh, Flinton Cup and he's come out and won the... Dolby Picnic Cup and, of course, the uh, the uh, Sunday Cup at uh, Kilcoy. So uh, he's gone back-to-back, so the form out of the race was very good. But uh, he uh, said he just couldn't hold him any slower once they backed off the speed mid-race and he zoomed around them and uh, took up the running and, and he was never going to stop from there. So uh, Fairfellow tried hard. He was first up because he was the five-length winner of the Cannonball earlier this year and uh, he said he, that did come into his... Uh, into his uh, Figuring that um, a couple of those horses uh, were first up or early in their preparation, including Hard Stride and Piracy. But you've mentioned, even though it wasn't a Battle of the Bush uh, qualifier, some familiar names there. Um, of course, uh, Piracy fourth in the um, Stampede final, Hard Stride a, a, a Stampede winner. Uh, but yes, we'll uh, looking for new names. The Tanner will certainly be one of them. Uh, John Dan said after Flinton that uh, the horse has become very hard to place, so he's uh, eyed off the Battle of the Bush series. He's got one more race to qualify. He's eyed off a race at Nanango, an open race, and then he will likely return to uh, Gundawindi's um, 
Battle of the Bush Qualifier, which is, of course, on the 4th of June, which is over 1,200. and be very, very hard to beat around Gunston Park uh, the way he won there on Saturday. So uh, Shannon, as you mentioned, he uh, rode a winning treble. He was on the tenor. Uh, he also uh, teamed up with Barry Strong uh, to win the maiden plate. Uh, Barry uh, only has the one horse usually, and he won this uh, with a uh, Squamosa gelding in uh, Border Hopper, first run for the year. It was only his fourth uh, start, and it was Barry's first win since 2015. So uh, it was uh, a good training performance from him and uh, shows his uh, uh, horse skills. And he was quite impressive there first up, uh, coming off a wide gate. He won by three lengths, even though he's not cutest registered. Some cutest money went off with uh, Balfour Gore uh, for the Epsom Lodge team and Ben Ahrens there running in second place. He's a under the lube gelding picking up some uh, cutest. Uh, but uh, Border Hopper was uh, quite impressive. And then uh, Shannon's experience came uh, to the fore again in the last race, which is a benchmark 60-1400 on the Gary Swanky trained mare Striking Princess. Uh, who upset the uh, uh, local favourite Fitzroy Boy. Fitzroy Boy had won by five lengths and brought the house down uh, at the uh, picnics there, and uh, he was a favourite. And, of course, the uh, Giddy Up Gundy syndicate comprised about half the crowd there on uh, on Saturday. Uh, but uh, Fitzroy Boy, with the soft conditions and a step to 1,400, he just wobbled a bit on the home turn, and uh, Shannon was about to make his move and then saw the horse was uh, hanging just the side, so he cut back inside and was able to be too strong at the finish. But it's a good a good uh, story there around Striking Princess. This mare had won one of the first 40 runs but been luckless, and uh, she's now won four races this preparation, so it's uh, great to see her get her due recognition. Um, and just wrapping up the uh, results on the day, um, Jacob Golden, he's an apprentice based over the border. He had uh, three uh, Queensland wins prior to, that, prior to uh, Saturday, and uh, he had a winning double, so he almost doubled his tally there. Uh, he teamed up with Peter Sinclair, who's one of the few trainers who have trained over 50 winners at Gunston Park. Rarely a meeting goes past without the Sinclair team uh, winning. They teamed up with Boomai's Buddy to won the uh, first race, a benchmark 55 over 1,200 metres. Um, this horse was having his first run for the stable, uh, but there was a connection because Peter Sinclair had trained the dam, uh, Burmai's Buddies uh, Dam in Marzi Star to nine wins. Uh, so he was very happy to have Burmai's Buddy back. He was in race condition, formerly based at Bow Desert, and he got the margin and a very close finish, a half head, a half head in that first race. And the other winner of the day uh, came in the uh, Danny Farm handicapper class B over a thousand. Uh, Outlaw Josie Wales uh, beat home uh, Kiki Coco. Both these horses with um, provincial form. Uh, Outlaw Josie Wales has won his maiden at the Gatton Tab meeting uh, the start prior. And Kiki Coco, uh, she's, she's a tenth minor placing, but she's a regular recent uh, place getter at Ipswich uh, last preparation. It's the second run back from the spell. But that's the advantage of these Class Bs as well, uh, being able to uh, get those... Um, Provincial horses in after they win their maiden to pick up that extra win. Uh, we saw Conair go all the way to Augustella, and that was a case in point uh, for the uh, gear and stable. So I just digress slightly there. But yeah, it was a great day of racing, and we had a couple of special guests uh, there uh, Jim Roberts and Ross Smith. So they had a rare weekend off, and uh, they were guests of the club. They've been, the club's been working on them to come out for quite some time uh, with their lovely uh, wives. Um, to stay uh, as guests of the club over the weekend, they were they've been 
have been and will continue to be integral part of uh, Gunsin Park's uh, uh, grass uh, track surfacing uh, and it was uh, great to see them there. Hey, Brett, um, love your comments regarding the, the tenor too and uh, the name of the race, the Battle of the Bush Qualifier, which is on in June. But in your mind, is he one of the ones that places himself as an up-and-coming prospect uh, for the final? Or should, he get, should he get there? Of course, he's got uh, grass track experience and he's a, uh, um, you know, he's a provincial uh, winner. Uh, yeah, I think he's, certainly if he can win a uh, qualifier and it'd be very hard to beat, particularly around a tight track like Cumber Windy, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't win one of the qualifiers and make his way to the final. And if so, he'd certainly be uh, you know, certainly in the top three in the market. Yeah, the excitement keeps building, doesn't it, as we progress through these. Uh, and it's, you know, what is it, only six, seven weeks to, to the final. Yeah, and uh, no doubt uh, stories like uh, the tenor, they'll continue to uh, to come up. And uh, as we say, and as you boys have uh, continued to point out, you've got the uh, the tried and true who are back again. But, uh, you know, a lot of these have been about 12 months in the planning to, uh, to have their horses uh, set for this series. Yeah, I think it's something that we're starting to see a lot more of now. And we made this comment last year, Rob, that now that we've been going a few years with things like the Battle of the Bush and the the Country Stampede, and as much as it's a little bit younger, uh, the Country Cups Championship, uh, trainers and owners are now starting to sort of work out how to do this, how to get their horses qualified, how to make sure that they've got the right sort of horse so it can qualify and then be competitive when it comes to Brisbane. Oh, definitely a two hundred thousand dollar race. It just continues to grow in stature and cements its place in the in the racing calendar. Uh, great coverage as always, Brett. It's great to have you back on uh, Bushbeat this morning. Where are you off to uh, next? Uh, no, nothing in the calendar. Uh, yeah, pretty quiet over the next month. I'm uh, filling in for on uh, Toowoomba on Saturday night, weather permitting. But uh, yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, the uh, the diary's a bit blank. Race caller for hire if anyone needs a race caller out there. No problem, but it's always great to be back on uh, Bushbeat, boys. Good to have you, Brett. Brett Moody with us there looking back at what happened at Gundawindi on the weekend. So, Rob, I guess it's a case of wait and see over the next uh, couple of days as to what happens, not just with the uh, the Saturday programs, but Sunday for Longreach as well, and even the as we are talking with Peter Rowe, the, uh, the Cairns meeting tab card scheduled for Thursday, Kilcoy Friday. Uh, I guess there's also a little bit of a concern there with the amount of wet weather that's forecast across Queensland. Uh, Rockhampton are scheduled to race on Saturday with a TAB program. At Bundaberg meeting, as we said, 20 millimetres of rain the past few days. Rain forecast for the, the remainder of the week, so a track inspection to come through later in the week, and that will have a Burn It to the Beach series heat as well as a Battle of the Bush qualifier. Hewenden has been transferred to Mount Isa, the Outback Racing Showcase heat to be held there, following 40 millimetres of rain overnight at Hewenden. And don't forget, folks, nominations for that Mount Isa meeting now close 11am tomorrow. Jandawi Cup Day Saturday, if they proceed, they've had 10 millimetres of rain overnight. Track inspection later today with rain forecast through until Thursday. Also a Battle of the Bush qualifier meeting, as is Mariba with the BOTB qualifier there. Only a mill of rain overnight at Mariba, but rain forecast today and tomorrow. And as we mentioned, the uh, the Quilby program following 20 millimetres of rain overnight. Uh, this Saturday's date abandoned, meeting rescheduled to Sunday, May 29 with the same program. And then for Sunday, Longreach, uh, track inspection today, rain forecast till Thursday, and maybe it'll be Bar Calden if uh, Bar Calden is suitable to race on Sunday. Yeah, 
I can let you know that since 9am this morning, we've had another 12 mils and it's raining very steadily here. So without preempting any uh, decisions with the Longreach situation, with all the rain we've had, uh, certainly would be... look. It's great that we can get the cooperation in clubs and racing Queensland to move the meetings to Tanium, <coughs> pending Barcald and being available. The grass track and the outback uh, will be the place on uh, on Sunday. But... Hopefully we'll have plenty of stories to tell and Battle of the Bush uh, build-ups uh, as we come towards the final. And just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au and um, we'll be back next week to report on Bushbeat. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Thank you to Rob Black, Brett Moody and Peter Rowe for joining us on Bushbeat this week. And, folks, we wish you all the best for racing this week. Uh, fingers crossed for those that are racing that you'll be able to get through. And uh, hopefully, yes, some good contingency plans will be in place there for whatever does happen over the coming couple of days as we've often said on Bushbeat we've learned not to knock the rain because it can often be a long time between drinks we'll leave you this morning and join you again next Tuesday on Radio Tab with all of the country news but as we go today let's hear what happened in the Archer on Saturday at Culligan Park at the Rocky Amateurs down past the 550 Apache chased the leader he shows the way by a half length Dawn Passage is sticking with him so too is Hollyfield the outside crossover still coming then Kubrick Apache chased just in front, Dawn Passage the danger Apache chase the inside Dawn Passage the outside on the outside then Gem Song Apache chase Dawn Passage Jimmy Burney's lifting Apache chase, he's going to hang on Emerald Kingdom dive Emerald Kingdom now the Apache chase right on the peg, third Hollyfield or Dawn Passage leave it to the judge, Gem Song Kubrick back beyond them, Nick and over